everybody. Welcome back to Freedom Speak, Power 2. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you're listening to Conservative Talk ABQ, KDAZ 96.9 FM, AM 700. And you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I am here with Kareen Rios and Alan Martinez, and we've been having a really fascinating conversation. And I want to continue on in the second hour here. I want to talk about the timeline of what happened to Venezuela. And we've been talking about the similarities, you know, Saul Alinsky and Saul Alinsky tactics. They have been used. And it, it's like, I mean, they've been doing it by the book here. I mean, what they've been doing. So I want to go through this timeline. And then I want to talk about some things I took away from the article I read, which I think are just really, really just thinking, wow, that's what's happening here. So at one point in time, Venezuela was the third richest country in the Western Hemisphere. Why was that? Well, they have a lot of natural resources. Uh-huh. Yes, oil. Yep. I don't, I'm not hearing your mic. Oh, Mary? There we go. One, two, three. One, now two, I can three. hear you. Okay. Now I can hear you. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, they have vast oil resources. And actually... From what I read, they actually have more oil than Saudi Arabia. I read that somewhere too. Yeah, yeah. So they elected a socialist president. I I don't know why you would do that when you're already a really successful country, but we're seeing... Because they wanted more free things. You have to understand that. Free stuff. Free stuff. Right? Private health care got completely socialized. They're trying to do that in this country. Yep. At one point in time, they were wanting to get rid of private insurance in this country. Here's a good one. Have you heard this one? Mm. All higher education became free. free. Like I said, nothing's free. Somebody is in going New Mexico, to it's be free. paying for it. New Mexico, it's free. It's free. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't, what human nature doesn't want free things? Right. right. What, we, it, and so it, it kind right. of, all If these there was such a thing, I like free things. Kind of played to your, our selfish nature. Yeah. Free, 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 free. Yeah. And they get away with it because, like I've said before, people don't pay any attention to, to how things work. They don't realize that the government doesn't have any money. All the government has is our... Our money. Our sweat equity. Yeah. They have us. They have us worker, mm-hmm. worker bees out here doing, working our butts off to make a living and them skimming their part like, like you were talking about your, your son and his first paycheck. It's like they're, they're getting all this money. It's like, like me as a contractor. I'm giving them all this money. It's like I didn't get anything for that money. All I got was, was heartache from them, the government basically mm-hmm. attacking me. And it's been really obvious over the past couple of years they've been attacking us. They've been trying to take away our bodily autonomy, wanting to inject, use us as a science experiment. By the way, I'm reading a... A fascinating, actually, my, my roommate's reading it, and he's going to give me a report on it. I really, really don't like reading books. <laughs> I read articles that are like, and I'll read bills that are like, you know, yeah. 30, 40, 50 pages long. But reading a, like a, a book that's like hundreds of pages long, oh, my God, I have trouble with that. By the way, you know that, that bill that they're voting on right now, this, this inflation reduction, reduction bill? Act. You, okay, think about this. <clears throat> This bill is apparently 750 pages long. Mm-hmm. Do, think about this, people. Do you really believe that a single one of these Congress people read this bill? No. Nope. Do you think that's possible? It would take me weeks to read that bill. And it's hey, like, but it's double-spaced, so maybe you'll read fast. Oh, there we go. 
<laughs> so, so anyway, do you think they really read it? I think it's un highly unlikely. Yeah. And who actually wrote it? I always have that question. I don't know who the sponsors of that is. Who wrote that? But it's not even the sponsors that I wrote mean, it. I mean, 750 yeah. pages, that's a book. It's a, it it yeah. is a group of Lobbyists. drafters yeah. who you don't really know. Are they putting their own ideas in this thing? Of course they a are. A 700 page bill, like you said, nobody's going to read it. No. The sponsor isn't going to say, wait, wait a minute. This is not what we agreed to. But it was like the health care bill. Mm -hmm. What's the famous quote from the health care bill? Nancy Pelosi stood in front of the world and said, oh, we don't know what's in it. <laughs> until we pass it. We won't it. know until we pass it. <laughs> That's right. So, so we didn't read it. Yeah. And we know you didn't read it because it's too long. It's like hundreds of pages long. But once we pass it and, and we do all the crap to you that we're going to do as a result of this bill, trust me, you'll, know, you'll understand yeah. what's in it then. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There is always unintended consequences to any bill that's passed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, let's see, health care. So, so, le so let's just check these off. In 2001, Ve Venezuela voted for a socialist president. Yeah. I, I kind of thinking in 2020, a socialist president was elected. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? So let's check that one off. Private health care is completely so socialized. They tried that under Obama. They tried. And they're still trying to do and, that. And if it wasn't for Trump, yep. uh, kind, of, kind of taking a piece out of it. Yep. Um, if Hillary would have got elected, oh yeah, it would have been completely And then, then the socialized. courts, the courts came in and said that you cannot require citizens to purchase health care. That's right. right? But let me give you a personal story about the wonderful world that was Obamacare. So when I was asked to retire, I had to go out and buy my own insurance. Mm -hmm. Well, I had paid into a, a group insurance through my retirement, retiree health care, when I went to them and said, hey, I'm retired, I'd like health insurance. The cost was going to be about $1,000. Yep. I'm like, wait a minute, where's all the money I paid into this? Oh, well, you're going to help other people. Okay, I need help now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what about me? I'm the one that paid $1,000 so, a month. Yeah. So they said, well, why don't you go through the health care exchange? I said, what's mm. that? Well, it's part of the Obamacare thing. It's it's a lot cheaper. I said, all right. So I called up the health care exchange. They said, oh, yeah, we can get you in. At the time, I had two sons that were on my policy. They said, yeah, um, $600. We'll give, you, we'll give you optical and dental and all this. I said, well, I mean, that's still a lot of money, but the law says I have to have health care. So. Mm -hmm. so at the end of the year, I do my income taxes fill out my income tax form, send it in, and I get a letter back from the Infernal Revenue Service. <laughs> you owe us $6,000. Oh, geez. So I looked at my forms. I went over the calculations. I didn't make that much money. I didn't have all this other complicated stuff. So I called him and I said, what are you talking about? Oh, you got to fill out this form and recalculate. So that, that wonderful cheap insurance that I had, on the back end, yeah. I was having to pay $6,000 for it. And I said, wait a minute. It's crazy. Why am I having to pay $6,000? Oh, because the government covered the rest of it. Obamacare is not free. And no, there's a of course lot it's of people. Not. There is a lot of people that racked up thousands and thousands of dollars in fees to the IRS without really knowing about mm -hmm. it. That's 
what Nancy Pelosi was saying. We yeah. don't know what's in there. We can't tell you until we vote on it. Even after they voted on it, they weren't telling people. Oh, and you know part of this uh, bill that you're trying to put together? They're going to increase the size of the IRS substantially. Oh, yeah. yes, sir. So they're going to yeah. be able to come knock on all your doors. Absolutely. And they're going to they're going to shake you all down. They're going to do more audits. Yeah, they're more gonna audits. They're going to do a lot more things. That's oh, why yeah. they need all that. So we've already tried to to get private health care socialized. Yeah. Uh, higher education becomes free. That's what we're seeing right now in New Mexico. Oh yeah. And it's so funny. Um, you know, when I was uh, when they were passing this, when MLG was pass wanting to pass this, whatever happened to the lottery? Remember we had the lottery scholarship in the state of New Mexico? Look at all the money the what lottery pulls that? in. Why isn't that paying for all of it? Well, where is that? Yeah. Um, that's my question, and nobody's been able to answer that. Sure. What, what happened to, to the lottery scholarship? Of course not. They, put it, know, they, did like they, did, uh, they put it in the general fund like they do well, with everything it was, else. It was a failure. Yeah. Uh, the lottery scholarship was a failure. A lot of kids were going, and because the, the stipulations were, were too hard to, for these kids to maintain, uh, it was a failure, actually. The lottery, but where is that? We don't hear about that anymore, do we? No. Uh, and then what? What I found funny is in your notes here, you said it said that Bernie Sanders said Venezuelans are living the American dream better than Americans in 2012. <laughs> and can you believe? You know, I, I run into people still but, but to this day free. that are still Bernie Sanders yes. uh, supporters. It's like Bernie Sanders is a communist. Yeah. Why would you support him at all? Yeah. Well, I guess the American dream now in 2012 to Bernie Sanders is free. Yeah. It's not free dumb. It's just you get all free things. Yeah. That is not American dream to me. No. Well, there's, there is no freedom when you're yeah. getting free things. Exactly. But people don't see that. The government and owns the, you. People don't see just that. Like, just like, okay, yep. compare it to this. Just like when you take out a loan on something, mm -hmm. okay, that company for a while, they kind of own you. In a little bit of, in a way, you might say that you're a little bit of a slave to them because you're going to be working for them to pay them that money. So when, like for instance, you go buy a new car, and new cars, oh my God, they're just outrageously expensive right now. Okay, let's say you go out and you buy a, a new uh, F-150 pickup truck. I don't know what they're going for now. They're at least probably 50, 60,000 bucks. And you get one of those, and you are going to be working, and you're gonna be working to earn that 50, 60,000 bucks to pay to the bank for that truck. They own at least that piece of your life mm -hmm. during that period of time for that, the, core, the duration of that loan, six years, whatever. Yeah. But they also, I wonder if anybody thinks of it that way. Well, I, I do, but that's just the nature of the beast to have things. Do you know what I mean? Right, I know. I, I, so, but we I, accept but, that, but, yeah. Yeah, we accept that. I'll take a little bit yes. of indentured servitude to have a, have a new vehicle. Right, yeah. right. But yeah. what I see here is that just to keep people under the yoke of the government, um, you know, this is, an, this is just an example. Did you know that being anxious now is on a list of disabilities? Wow. Yes, you can claim that you were overly anxious and you can't overcome your anxiousness. So now the government, they actually give you weed. I I'm not kidding. I know several people who get weed from the government because they have a disability of anxiousness. Do you ever have anxious feelings? All the time. Do you have anxious feelings? Oh, daily. I, I, deal, I deal with them by coming here and ranting on the radio. Yeah, there you go. See, but the government has listed it as a disease, and because now it's a disease, the government is going to be our savior and give everybody weed, and then you're hooked on weed, and then it's free. So that's how people are enslaved in this country, The you know, and, and that is what has happened with this American dream, it's about free things, a free phone, 
free, um, I'm a landlord, so uh, people want to get free um, housing, free food. And that's how we remain in this little, I call it a plantation, yeah. <laughs> but oh, you I call know. it a, uh, what did you call it with your fence and the pigs and the corn? Oh, yeah, yeah, a little big pen. <laughs> right, yeah. and they do nothing. Yeah. They do, they do absolutely nothing. But what's even worse is that it's so hard once you're in it to get out. Because now you can't work. You can only work 10 hours a week because then they'll cut off your, your benefits. Well, the first couple of years of any socialist regime is wonderful because there's yes. usually a large population mm -hmm. of workers that are feeding the monster. Yep. But over the years, the reason socialism is a failure is because over the years, that group that's holding up everybody else gets smaller and smaller. Yep. Well, they get tired Until working for everybody else. Absolutely. And you know what's interesting? We already tried socialism when the founding fathers came here in this country. They, they had did. the common storehouse. Do you remember that? Yes, And I they do. tried everybody, put everything in the storehouse, and we'll just go wonderfully go get the same things and everybody's going to give into it and then human nature took over and laziness became part of right. that. that that's right certain people said oh well i don't really have to work because this stuff's in this storehouse i'm going to get it anyway i'm going to get it anyway so why should i be working right and so we've and, already and tried failed. this and as a result the the first people yes. to come to this country almost starved to death exactly and, died. and then they said you know what that ain't gonna work yeah so if you don't work you don't eat that's right. We're going to give you your yes. own little piece of land, and it's going to be up to you to grow your own food. Exactly. We've already done this part of cap of socialism yeah. in our country. But see, we don't teach that in the public school, but, but let's... No, it's an excellent but this, lesson. This, yes. this goes back to what I was saying earlier about kids not having that conversation with parents. I remember my grandfather. As a young child, he would tell me in Spanish, Si no trabajas, no comes. And he, what he was doing was he was instilling in me a work ethic. If you don't work hard, you don't eat. Mm -hmm. So I've always loved to eat. So I've always <laughs> me <worked>. too. <laughs> uh, but see, even my parents didn't, um, and I don't know what it is. My parents worked two jobs. I, I saw the work ethic. Right, so I saw them working hard for my, for a house, for a car, but I don't know if there were so many social free things back then like no. there are today. Everybody worked hard for their living. My grandfather, yeah. my grandfather was a full-time pastor. He had eleven children, twelve with me, because as the oldest grandchild, mm -hmm. you know, it's usually mm -hmm. custom that yeah. the grandparents raise him. But he never was without a job. Right. He all, everywhere he went, they, one of the first churches he started was in, in uh, Douglas, Arizona. And he used to get my dad and all my uncles up mm -hmm. early in the morning. They'd go work in the strawberry fields before they'd go to school. Yeah. When he opened a church in Ogden, Utah, he worked in the mines. Yeah. When he came to New Mexico, he always had a job. Here, he started a church here in Bernalillo. He was a truck driver. When he went to Española, he got a job with the Los Alamos schools. He taught me the importance and the pride in hard work. Yes. And I'm proud that I've passed that on to my sons. I always told my sons, if you're not 10 minutes early to your job, you're already late. And if they ask you to work extra, you do it. Why? Because it means more money. The more things you want, the harder you have to mm -hmm. work. 
government's not going to take care of you, and you're going to get to the age where daddy's not going to pay for everything for you either. When they were in high school, I had this deal. I'll buy you a phone, but you're going to pay me your phone bill. And that got them into the habit of learning to pay bills. Mm -hmm. My job as a father was not yeah. to provide everything and smooth sailing and everything was fine. Yeah. We struggled. We yeah. had hard times, but I taught them. We pray about it. We work hard. You pay your bills. You take care of your family. And, and I think we're losing that in, t in, in today's society because of all the freebies that are out there and how easy it is just to just to have get food. It's it, We've made it too easy. Well, and even the church, I believe, has made it too easy. Have you seen these uh, these churches that all they do is give up food and you have people there? During COVID, we had churches that were giving food and people weren't even coming to get food. You know, we have soup kitchens at the same, and I know this, um, the same family would go year after year to get free food. What does that teach their children? An indirect cause of giving free things in the name of charity cripples people because well, now... Well, it establishes a lifestyle that you get used to and yes. then you don't know anything else. Yes. That's, you know, that's the problem. Absolutely. And, and so, like the past couple of years, that's happened to a lot of people. A lot of people, they got, they got prevented from working. Yes. And they didn't go work. They got used to not working. And it's like they get used to that lifestyle. They get used to yes. the government check. You know, just like being on welfare, you get used to the government check. And then they don't make it easy to get out. No, it's very hard to get Because if you work out. more than 10 hours and you make more than this much money, you're going to lose all your benefits. Yeah. So where does it leave that person? I, I mean, it, it's a hard thing. When I, was, uh, when I had my first son 37 years ago when I was 16, I, I needed help. Right, everybody needs help sometimes, I get that. But you know back then, 37 years ago when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, it was shameful. I, I really felt shame for getting free WIC or for getting free healthcare or for getting free daycare. And, and there's like no shame in that anymore. It's just like, gimme, 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 gimme more. Well, they make it easy, they give you a, a debit card so that you can do so it it's not very shameful. stealthy and nobody I know, knows. I had a check, like, an oh, actual check that said WIC. <laughs> right, right, or food stamps where you had to break out your book and you had yeah. to get this. Everybody in line when you were at the store knew that you were getting handouts. And it's like, I'm sorry, that's part of the incentive to not, I know, not continue right? getting it. Yeah. But now they've made it like super easy. They've made it super easy, actually. And you know what's so, what's so amazing about that? But let's, let, let's go to this next one here. Just, just real quick. The yeah. Other, the other day I, I knocked on this lady's door and we got into a nice little discussion. She was a, she was a little bit older than me. And it was a great conversation. And I, I, you gain so much knowledge when you listen mm -hmm. to people. So we're talking about different issues, and I ended up spending 30 minutes with this lady because she was just so interesting. She said, aren't you for equal rights? I said, mm. absolutely. But I'm also for equal responsibility. And there she go. actually clapped her hand. She says, I've been waiting for 40 years for somebody to say that. What, what is that phrase, Helen? Have, everybody, equal I'm, responsibility. Equal responsibility, yeah. yeah. I'm for equal rights, absolutely. I think everybody should be treated the same, mm -hmm. but everybody should have the same responsibility. Yep. If I'm going to go out, if I worked for the majority of my life, I started working when I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. Everybody should have that opportunity to go to work. I, I go to different towns in New Mexico when I was with the department, and I would see poverty, real poverty, and I would think, I haven't seen this since I was in small towns in Mexico. People who don't have the incentive to go to work, 
You want equal rights? Have equal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Work hard. Do be, your part. Be proud of what you do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So the next thing on this list, I like this one. Oh, Socialist yeah. banned private ownership of guns. Now, they've been attacking our Second mm. Amendment right for yep. years. And what they have been doing is, you know, the Second Amendment is very, very clear. It says shall not be infringed okay that means yep. you don't interfere with it in any way whatsoever but they have been infringing on it for years a little bit of time they've been infringing and you know i made somebody mad the other day when i said this and i said you know even requiring a permit to carry a gun is infringement yeah requiring a background check for a gun is infringement you know, like a while back, when, when tr one, one thing that happened when Trump was president that I completely disagreed with is how they banned the bump stocks. Mm. I'm sorry, that's infringement. Yeah. If you want to have a bump stock, you should be able to have a bump stock. If you want to be able to have a, a pistol grip on your, on your gun, you mm -hmm. should be able to do that. Because the, the, the Second Amendment is very, very clear. It doesn't put a limitation on what kind of gun you can have or whether you, how much ammunition you can have mm -hmm. or how big the magazine can be. It doesn't say that you have to pay a tax or a license fee right. or any kind like anything like that to the government in order to keep and bear arms. Yep. So, so they have been slowly banning. Eroding they've been right. slowly banning private ownership. Yeah. But these, these laws that they're passing. They punish innocent people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The law if you're abiding. a criminal, you don't, you don't care what laws are passed. Right. You're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. And somebody, you know, they've said, well, this guy bought it legally. Yeah, but there was underlying issues. The guy had mental problems. That's, that kid should have been taken care of. And I don't mean by the government. I mean mm -hmm. one of the government's responsibilities is to furnish um, programs that could have helped that kid that went into that school in Nuvolta, Texas and shot up all those, all those people. There were signs. It didn't yeah. ju he just didn't wake up that morning and say, hmm, I think I'm going to do this. People knew, law enforcement knew that this was going to happen. Well, and it's not just law enforcement, Alan. It's the community in general. It's like the family, the, the neighbors, people that know him. It's their responsibility first, first, of, first and foremost. It's like the community has to pay attention to what's going on. And if you see something, you have to, you have to try to do something. The first you know? institution mm -hmm. that God created was not the government. The it church. was the family. Mm -hmm. And the we've church. seen the deterioration and the breakdown and the encouragement of breakdown of the family. Unfortunately, I went through a period in my life where my family broke up. My kids were raised in a broken home. It's not something that I'm proud of or something, you know, some people will hold it like a badge of honor. I've been married this many times. Well, you know what? That's a failure. And I hold it as a failure. Thank God he brought somebody into my life that has taught me what real love is and what real family should be. And the fact that everything we do, we, we think of the family. But it's the breakdown of that family that has destroyed the American society. And when did that start? It started in World War II. We became the most wealthy, most powerful nation in the world. And right after that came the breakdown of the family. Well, in World War II, uh, most of the men were fighting the war. Mm -hmm. and as well, they, the women went too. As, 
some did, and then and the rest of them at home, they were going to work in the factories. Yes. They were making the airplanes. They were making the tanks. Women stayed home. And then because of the war, they went to go work to help mm -hmm. the war effort. So that's where it all started. That's and where it started. They got used to working. They wanted the money. They mm -hmm. wanted the more things. That's human nature. Yeah. That is. And so yeah. the women did not go back to the homes. They stayed to work. Yeah. Now, whether you agree with that or not, that's where I believe was the breakdown of the family. I'm a Christian, and I believe in certain things. And the home is everything. And if two parents are absent, it just breaks it down. It, it, it breaks the family you down know, the, even the more. thing you hear about the nuclear family, which is what I grew up in. I grew up in the nuclear family, which means that that traditionally the the father is is out working a job uh -huh. and the mother runs the home. Which yes. running the home is a full time job. I mean, yes. I, a lot of people I think that they just kind of they just write that off like it's no big deal. That's hard work. Well, who is who's coming up now? I mean, I, I have a hard time just cleaning my own house. <laughs> but who's you coming know? up now in the political arena? Moms. Yeah. The lady, what's her first name? Myra Flores. Maya. Myra Flores. Uh, Marjorie, what's that other gal's Taylor name? Green. Taylor Green. I love her. These yeah. are moms, mm -hmm. and they can do so much. Ju just being a stay-at-home mom, uh, you have passion because you're, you're there for your children. You know, you've had to organize all these things. And these are the ones who are being called women who, who, who have just been stay-at-home moms. Yeah. And I find that very fascinating. Oh, yeah, and it's absolutely. not about, you know, we're better than the men. That's not, the, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying is that you, a mom has special attachment to her children. A mom has, uh, um, wants to be more protective of her children in that sense because of the curse, uh, the curse of men and women. You know, we, we, we have sorrow for our children. And it's just amazing when you have the breakdown of the family. And I think it started um, in World War II. But the, the problem that I see... And we see it a lot, you know, sadly, in the minority community. There's a lot of kids growing up without a dad yes. for whatever reason. I mean, there's hundreds of reasons. Mm -hmm. I was a basketball coach in the South Valley. And a lot of my kids loved the structure that I had. Oh, because uh -huh. they didn't have the structure yeah. at home. And my assistant coach would tell me, I mean, you're very rigid. You don't bend. I said, absolutely. I said, I'm trying to teach these kids life lessons. If you can't live between the lines, you're going to jail. Mm -hmm. These kids, I'd ask them, you know, I'd require at least one parent to come to a meeting so I could explain to them why I was going to be so rigid. Some of these kids would just say, well, if I can't bring anybody, am I kicked off the team? No, you're not. They say, well, my mom and dad are in jail. I said, well, who's raising you? Well, an aunt or a grandparent. Mm -hmm. Bring them. And I would tell them, you need to be here to support your child. You know, that's got to be tough because I remember in, in the home I grew up in, like I said, I grew up in the nuclear family. I had a dad that worked one, sometimes two, sometimes three jobs if needed. And I had my mom at home all the time. And it's like I had, I had that sense of security. Mm -hmm. I remember when mm -hmm. I was a little kid that sense of security I yes. had. You know, home was safe. It was a safe place. It was a place I could always count on. I had my own room. Yeah. I had my own bed I slept in every night. And it's like, so I can't imagine how a kid must feel if they don't have that sense of security. Well, how, they, how they, scary that must well, be. Well, they can't concentrate on their education. They can't concentrate on those things that they're mm -hmm. that we should be allowing them to do that. And that's that's the that's the negative impact of of having 
a broken up nuclear family. These kids are growing in, and the same with our country, right? The Constitution of the United States has provided safety and stability for all our people. And really at the heart of all of these issues is people want to break away from our Constitution. Yeah. And it has provided stability. We are the only country who has had the same constitution. Think about that for a second. The same constitution since our inception. You have all these other countries who have had new constitutions. And I can't remember them off the top of my head because I'm 55. <laughs> <laughs> but when you don't have a stability, a one stable factor in a home or in a country, it is going to end badly. Well, they've been trying to demonize the Constitution yes. because the Constitution is the one thing holding them back Yes. from what they want to do. Exactly. So, hey, we're at the uh, break. So when we come back, we're going to continue uh, this conversation about the Venezuela comparison. And then I want to cover the, uh, the thing with the baby formula shortage. I think that's an interesting story. It has a lot of things involved in it. We'll be right back. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214. Or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com. After 45 years in the same location, Los Ranchos Gun Shop has moved to 6621 4th Street Northwest in Los Ranchos. New space, new inventory, but still committed to serving the safety needs of our guests. One block north of our old location, but still filled with no pressure. Locally owned and operated, proud of our commitment to service and community, and happy to support Talk Radio KDAZ. Welcome back. You're listening to Freedom Speak. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ 96.9 FM, AM 700. And you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I want to remind you that if you missed any of the broadcast and you want to listen to any part of it or the whole thing later on, you can do that. There are numerous ways to do that. You can go to my website, freedomspeaknm.com, and click on the radio replay link. Or you can search for Freedom Speak with Becca Marie on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes. And I've actually been getting a lot of playback on 
Spotify, which is pretty awesome. I, I, I noticed the other day I was checking some of the stats on it. It's like in the past seven days, like 150 replays. It's like, wow, okay. And I just, I just started that up just, I don't know, a few weeks ago. So that's pretty great. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, and if you want to send your questions and comments, you can email me at Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. So anyway, so we're talking about this timeline with mm -hmm. Venezuela and there's just, it's so, it's so exactly like what we're dealing with in this country, what, yep. the, what the enemy is trying to do to us. And, you know, they've been trying to take away the guns. They've been trying to take away the guns for years. And they have been infringing for years. A little at a time, they've been infringing. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, anything they do to restrict your ability to have any kind of gun you want, and I'm saying any kind of gun you want, including a cannon, like Joe Biden mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> anyway, even if you wanted to have a machine gun, and it's like there, there really should be no ban on that either. As long as you're, you're not having something like anything else. If you are committing a crime right. and you're committing a crime with a gun, well, you deserve to have your rights to have a gun taken away. Absolutely. But other than that, if you're not a criminal, you have the right to keep and bear arms, period. I know. It's like they, they treat law-abiding citizens as the criminal. Right. You know? They do. Yeah. So, so what's next on here? The opposition leaders are in prison. Well, hey, We've seen them trying to do that. We've seen them taking opposition people to yep. court. We've seen them. Look at what they've tried to do to Donald Trump for years now. Yeah. They've been trying to find a crime. Aren't they still trying to impeach him? They're still trying. Yeah, they're still trying to impeach him. Yeah. This January 6th committee, yeah. it's what it's all about. Because yeah. they don't want him to be able to run again. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? I'm going to just bring this in here. I may be taking a mm -hmm. leap here, but um, my husband was showing me some footage where some what are the drug administration, the guns? ATF. ATF going to people's home and asking or in, them. Or in, in Joe Biden's case, the a AFT. I don't even know. <laughs> but automatic fine tuning. But, <laughs> but they're going to uh, citizens' homes and asking them, because I guess they just bought a firearm. I saw that. Did you see some Yes, of I did see it. Come, they came to, the guy apparently had applied for a permit, which once again, Appl or, uh, applying for a background check a background is, check. is for infringement. Yes. Okay, but needless to say, he put in for his background check, and the FBI literally came to his door yes. and wanted to see his guns. Exactly. And I'm sorry, if they did that to me, I'd say, you take a hike right now. Well, there were two videos that I saw. One had yeah. two agents, and then one had w only one agent. Uh -huh. And my husband's like saying, if you know anything about how these guys work, you, they are not allowed to go with just one agent. And he was so belligerent to the local police officer officers, he, you know, this ATF guy, that they had to tase him. Because these federal agents think that they are above the law. Yeah. And those local police officers, they tased him. Yeah, I'm sorry. The they, local police, especially the sheriff, yeah. is the authority figure yes. in your community. So, and these sheriffs out there, they need to stand up because yeah. we're counting on you guys. So what I'm saying is that opposition... Mm -hmm. We have guns, and we're, we don't think like they do. We are the opposition. Mm -hmm. So opposition leaders are imprisoned. And then there's your next one, the food shortages that happen. They are engineering a food shortage. Yep. Okay. And what they're doing is they're doing it by, by they're, they're talking about climate change. And actually, in this actual bill, which we're going to talk about, 
hopefully, yeah, we're definitely going to get to this in the third hour about the the Inflation Reduction yeah. Act, which is just Build Back Bankrupt 2.0. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, so <laughs> anyway, so it actually has a provision in there. Trust me, they're going to be pushing oh, the Green sure. New Deal. That's part of it. And it's like, how many people don't know that? I mean, if 750 pages long, who's actually read it? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. I, and I really love how they managed to flip Mansion and Cinema. The two of them have been holdouts all this time, and they managed to flip them somehow. Yep. And it's like, oh, and, and, and Mansion's, I heard him being interviewed uh, by um, uh, Harris Faulkner on Fox News the other day, mm -hmm. and she was grilling Mansion over this about how he flipped. Mm. And he's like, Oh yeah, but they changed some stuff, and I'm I'm happy with it now. It's like, and you know, if I was Harris, I would have said, "Okay, um, did you read the bill?" Yeah. Now, you know he didn't. You know he didn't. Okay, so I would have said, "Did you read the bill?" And when he said, "Well, well, oh," and he, and of course he'd skirt around, right, and he'd right. avoid the subject. Uh -huh. He he would try to change the subject. He'd talk about something else. I'd say, "No, did you read the bill?" And when he when I finally got him to admit he didn't read the bill, I'd say, "Then how do you how can you change your mind then?" If yeah. you, you're, you're making an uninformed decision here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's also interesting, this food shortages. Uh, when I was doing some research on Venezuela, it's not only food shortages, but it is health care, medical treatment. They don't even have a chemo for patients in Venezuela anymore. That's how bad it is right now. And that's where we're headed. We have the food shortages, the medical but supplies But I thought Bernie next. Sanders said they're living the American dream. No, but that was in 2012. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's in 2012. <laughs> Come on, keep up. <laughs> so we're going to have shortages, not just in the food, the truck industry, the cars. You know that because of the COVID and because of the shutdown of the oil and gas, we're not getting chips for cars that are yeah. made in other countries. Yeah. So then there's actually a shortages on vehicles and they're actually sending out vehicles that are missing chips. Did you know that? Yeah, no. I have a I have a friend. Really? I have a friend who's in cars. What do you do with cars. a car without a chip? Well, well, three years later, the air conditioning breaks down, and it, you got a junk piece of car. That is interesting. Um, my husband, you know, Becca, you know, my husband does a lot of research, and, yeah. and I have a friend in the sales industry. They're not getting vehicles in. You know, I think and I'm going to go out and buy me chips. a classic car is what I'm going to do. Well, that's why I have 20-years-old cars. That's I, why I tell my husband. A, I've been wanting a classic Mustang, so maybe it's a good time but, to but buy one. But there's a shortage in even the car industry here. Yeah. I, I don't know if you all have heard about that. It's amazing the shortages that are going to come because of these socialist policies. But and because we've outsourced all our work right. to other countries. It's, it's an engineered thing that goes hand in hand with, with the Green New Deal. They're yep. pushing everybody to get electric cars. Open your eyes. The governor of California just a few weeks ago told everybody... Don't charge your cars. I know. <laughs> Don't plug the cars in. Yeah. Why is that? Right. Because the grid can't handle it. The grid can't handle mm -hmm. it. The technology, I think, eventually might get us there. I think eventually but it's... The, but, here, but we need a revolutionary power source. We need a revolutionary storage system. That's, yeah. why, that's why one of the policies that I'm, I'm pushing is a balanced approach to everything. New Mexico cannot, they just need to stop vilifying the oil and gas industry. Yes. yes, they do. I've met with industry leaders who I questioned and I said, listen, this is my policy. You can come after me if you want or you can, you can back me. And they said, 
We've been waiting for somebody to stand up and say that because this is what we're doing. The carbon capture technology that they're starting to use is amazing. Everybody wants the environment to be clean and taken care of. You know, a new coal plant actually emits pretty much zero emissions. And, well, I, and the, I don't know when the last oil spill was. Do you? Uh, no, years. Was the, it Exxon in the Gulf? Exxon Valdez, I think, was the last one. Right. Yeah. I, so, I, I don't know. I think the key is the government needs to get out of the way. Overregulation yes. doesn't yeah. do anything but discourage new technologies. Now, you know what I find interesting, Alan, is um, a lot of gas and oil industry support Democrats. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, don't understand, I don't understand I don't that. I've asked that question. Because you know yeah. why? The head honchos at the gas industry are getting paid a lot of money right now, while the workers, the middle class is laid off. Yeah, Think but, about that for a second. But here's it. You bring it back to New Mexico. And there's a lot of small oil and gas producers mm -hmm. in the Permian, in the Permian base. There's a lot of small producers in Farmington. Yes. I I was always under the assumption that Exxon and Chevron ran the show. Mm -hmm. But I have talked to small. They're small businesses. They it's their family. They've hired on a couple of people. They have four or five derricks going. Right. These people are telling me. How am I going to make a living? There's a lot of those yeah. uh, those those little derricks out there that are producing a barrel producers. or two a day, yeah. and and there's guys out there earning a living off that. I well, I, I, I had somebody a guest a while back that owned mm. owned a couple of those. I met yeah, I yeah. met some industry people. Um, I don't know the last couple of weeks, and I, this guy walks up to me and says, "Yeah," he gives me his card. I said, "Oh, so you're a, you're an oil man?" He says, "Yeah, but I." I need to tell you something. I'm not one of those rich guys. Everybody is talking in the yeah. press how we're making billions of dollars. He says, I own four derricks. I'm making enough money to put food on the table. But the policies that are coming out of Santa Fe are going to shut me down. Mm -hmm. I said, well, that's the type of policy that I want to go after. has to be a balanced policy. Renewables? Absolutely. But nobody talks about the, the other side of renewables. I've had long conversations with people in my district who have done all this research in the wind farms. They've said, look around the wind farms. They're all, they're all on farms, mm -hmm. ranches. Yeah. But look around them. There's no cows. Mm -hmm. There's no horses. And this lady, gave, she gave me homework. She Does says, the noise from them scare them away? The hum. Mm -hmm. The hum of the of the uh, blades, yeah, blades, and it also heats up the gr the ground surface. So at nighttime, when the when the earth is supposed to cool, like God set it up in the first place, is when the winds start to kick up, and those blades start to turn. Well, you know, it's probably like you know how like your ceiling fans at home, if you reverse them mm -hmm. and you have them where they're pulling the air up, it makes the area underneath warmer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it I never thought about that. But you know, I was talking about those a little bit last week on last week's show and I was talking about the negative impacts of all this so called green energy. And there are significant negative environmental impacts to both windmills and solar panels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know that's why we need a balanced approach. If if government got out of the way, if we said, Okay, this is this is the parameters that you you need to 
pull oil out of the ground and then got it out of the way. Mm-hmm. I am very much a believer in the free market economy. Yes. When has this country been rich? When has the economy gone well? It's when the government has gotten out of the way mm-hmm. and let the free market well, economy. Well, the free market in, inspires innovation. Yes. Absolutely. Because Creativity. like like we've talked yep. about is like this this people they they're greedy. You know, they want to do they want to do something else. So so the oil companies obviously are going to see the writing on the wall and they're going to say, "Hey, what do we got to do so we can like be in on the next thing?" Absolutely. You know, it's to their advantage. And mm-hmm. these these big company officials that I've talked to have said that if if we were just allowed to do this, but the policy in this state now is not allowing us to do this. So then why are they giving to the Democrats then? It's obviously the Democrats shut them down doing all these. This is where I'm having a disconnect. I go look on the CFIS and Michelle Lujan gets a lot of money from the... Okay, wait a minute. I'm confused. Okay, so the gas industry, they want to stay open, but then you're giving money to a candidate who is shutting you down. But he, I don't understand that. This is why. And it goes back to something I said before. The Democratic Party has owned New Mexico for years and Mm -hmm. years. And if you're going to get anything passed, the thought has been, well, we'll give a little bit of money to the Democrats. Mm. The problem is when Democrats get elected, they're all wide-eyed and eager to change the world, but Mm -hmm. they go up there and they're assimilated into the party. And the party tells you this is the way you're going to vote. But I don't mm-hmm. want to vote that way. Well, you either vote that way or we're going to have somebody run against you yeah. and we're going to put all our money behind them mm-hmm. and you're not going to be here. And there you go. That's politics. It takes somebody with courage or somebody like me that has nothing to lose. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go pursue these policies and people don't like it. Well, see, that's a perfect argument for term limits. Well, absolutely. Because absolutely. then that takes away that incentive. Exactly. I'm, you know, yeah. I am raising enough money to run my campaign, and I've had people tell me, this is how much you need to raise. Mm-hmm. Well, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. So I'm going to raise enough money so I could win District 23. Yeah. And I think if we just look back to Edward Durr in New Jersey, I mean, that gentleman, um, he won the race, and I think he made... Uh, $10,000 and his opponent was the incumbent, had millions in the bank and with $10,000 and this is what somebody else was telling me, hard work. He went and knocked on doors. He knocked on doors, got to the voters. So yes, money may win win races, but not all the time. No, it's... And it's ripe right now. The harvest is ripe to turn a lot of these states red. It's education. Yeah. If you get out there and you talk to people and you educate them you tell them this is what i stand for i've been amazed of the amount of democrats that have told me i've never voted for a republican before but i'm going to vote for you because you have the same values that i have and the democratic party has walked away from me and i've told him why don't you change your registration he says ah i've been a registered democrat all my life my parents were registered democrats that's fine you register however you want this is america Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, they're telling me that what I'm telling them is the shared values. Shared values of New Mexico are pretty much the mm-hmm. same anywhere Absolutely. you go. They want to be safe. They want the opportunity to have a good job. They want to take care of their families. They want their kids to be educated and not indoctrinated. Those basic values... Yeah, but don't are, you think we haven't run the race very well? We haven't been very 
savvy in, in how we run a race. Like, this is what I was telling somebody else. I got into arguments um, when my candidate, Jay Block, was running and he didn't uh, say, yes, I think the election's stolen. It, do it doesn't matter, right? But people got so mad at him and I said, you guys need to understand something. <laughs> There's a way to be wise. Right? And if you go and you know you need Democrats in the general election, and if you say it was stolen, and we have data that says Democrats don't like that, are you going to put yourself out there and say that? I said, when have you ever seen a Democrat come out on the campaign trail and say, I want abortion up until the day of, day of delivery? You're not going to have a Democrat come up to that. Or you're not going to have a, a Democrat Secretary of State say, yes, I want 16-year-olds to vote. Why? Because it goes against our values. Well, here's and so the thing. we need to get a little bit more wise and a little bit more savvy in the way that we run these campaigns. And, and, and what the Democrats do is they go to the heart. They get at an emotional level. Right now, the, gases are, the gas prices and the food prices are really hurting all New Mexicans. Well, the nice thing about me is I can't afford to pay for a poll. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and politicians go with the wind. Yeah. And I'm sad to say there's some Republicans that do the same. Oh, they do. Yeah. This is the new shiny thing, and this is what you have to yep. say. No. I set my platform. I'm staying true to that platform. And it's, it's values. Yeah. But I, I'm, what I'm saying is that we, we have to be wise. You know, when, when Paul was going through Acts and he's traveling to different um, uh, areas, especially like in Greece and, and Athens, he didn't come out and say them, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. He would push those people away. That's kind of a hard sell. It, 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 right, but that is the essence of the gospel, is yeah, it not? it is. It, that yeah. is the essence. And so Paul knew his people, where they were at, and was able to come down mm. to them at their level and then get that message in there. It's called knowing your audience. Knowing your audience, mm -hmm. exactly. And so sometimes we, we don't know our audience very well, Republicans, because we're so just, we want to go in there and just get votes, and we have to learn how to speak to our audience and where they're at so we don't scare them away because right away you have Republican and, and they've been indoctrinated to think that we are the party of, of what? You know, of slavery and we're all this, you know, and we have to learn how to just, I don't want to say play the game. We have to learn how to get our message across a little better. But before I was, you know, registered to vote, I was a New Mexican. Yeah. And these are New Mexican values. Absolutely. And that's what I'm running on. So then how did the Democrats win? They had to have had a play on the wording of our values. And, and what is it? What is it? Pro-choice. You're a woman. You have to have choice in your health care. They know how to wrap it up a little bit, but then they get in there, right? Like uh, Maggie Oliver Toulouse, she wants non-citizens to vote. And most Republicans and most citizens do not want non-citizens to vote because it's not legal it's not legal it's unconstitutional and especially it's not, yeah listen my last name is martinez i'm all about the hispanic culture i want as many legal immigrants to come into this country as is possible legally but that's the key word legal yeah i've always asked i got into a very heated argument a few years ago with somebody who at the time i counted as a very good friend of mine who, when the bill was coming up to give illegals the driver's license, I told him, listen, I just want you to explain one thing to me. What, 
what about the concept of illegal do you not get <laughs> as a lawyer? Right. You're a lawyer. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not as smart as you. Please explain to me. I mean, it's simple. I mean, if it's, yeah. if, it's, if, if it's illegal, if you're doing something illegal, you are a criminal. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. Well, it's sad to say that because of that argument, we're no longer friends. Mm. Wow. We used to talk to each other. Yeah. We, I had dinner with him a couple of times. I would be able to go into his office whenever I wanted to to, to talk about veterans' issues mm. after that conversation. And they passed the bill. And the, uh, and the argument was, well, they can't get it, car insurance if they don't have a driver's license. You know what? Those guys were not getting insurance anyway. Right. They're illegal. Yeah. And people have said, well, you're racist against your own race. I said, no, I'm not. Yeah. Most Hispanics that were born in the United States or who have made it here legally are very opposed to what we're seeing Absolutely. in the southern border. Absolutely. Maya Flores is jumping up and down saying this is wrong. Yeah. She was born in New Mexico. Yeah. She came here as an anchor baby. My husband as well. They, she is jumping up and down and saying what we're seeing is an invasion. Yep. It is not immigration. It's an invasion. Yeah. It's totally an invasion. And why do the Democrats want them to have all this stuff? So they could vote the Democrats back in. Yep. Just it's like they strategy. did the blacks in the 1960s with the, with the um, uh, I can't even remember, but wasn't it FDR that said he's going to keep the, them guys voting Democrat for the next 200 years? Right. And that's what happened. You're not going to use the and, word, but there was right. a word that was used correct, back then. Correct, correct. Yes. And they're trying to do the same to the Hispanic community. But, they but absolutely the, are. By letting them come in for free, letting them give free passes, amnesty, that's exactly what the, gov the federal Demo the Democrats are trying to do. They look at people as a resource. Exactly. That's all they look yep. at them as. But look at what's happening in the minority communities. Yep. Those, We're waking up. those families that are struggling to put food on the table, who are struggling, who have to make the decision, do I fill up my car or do I buy groceries? Those people are realizing that the Democrats have set up these policies to destroy America. Yeah. I, yeah, I hate to be that blunt, but I, unless something happens in Washington, mm -hmm. The destruction of the, the U.S. government is coming. We cannot continue to look at the way things have been progressing. They've constantly been progressing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we might take a little, we might have a little victory here and there, but they're still continually pushing forward. It doesn't still, stop. It, no, I mean, they're continually moving forward, which brings me to the next thing on this list. Which one is that? Okay, from 2017. Oh. Uh, Venezuela, oh. they, uh, constitution and elections suspended. Okay, now we may as well uh, suspend the elections because by them flooding the system with mail-in ballots yes. and ballot drop boxes and no voter ID and all this other garbage. And expanding the absentee ballots. They're, they're flooding the system yeah. with fake ballots. Yep. And, and as far as the Constitution, yeah, they have been suspending the Constitution. Over the past couple of years, they totally suspended the Constitution. Yes, absolutely. Who ever thought that they would order churches to close and arrest preachers mm -hmm. that were refer refusing to comply. The, yeah. fact, the fact that the governor was able to unilaterally say, well, you're necessary, you can stay yeah. open, but you're not. That's right, you're not essential. Look at, look at who stayed open. The big box store stayed mm -hmm. open. Right. Mom and pop, and my economic policy is that small business is the driver of any economy.
but she unilaterally said, nope, yep. if you open your doors, I'm going to fine you. And there were some businesses um, that stayed open and were made to sound like they were trying to overthrow the government by stay, by keeping their doors open. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was, it's that small business that's going to keep this economy going. Yep. I love the fact that I get invited to all these ribbon cuttings and grand openings in, in Rio Rancho. It shows that the yeah. policies of the mayor and the, the, in Rio the Rancho. city council and yep. the county commission are allowing businesses to thrive. So businesses that I had, I went to a grand opening um, of a coffee shop and they had the choice of opening in Albuquerque or Rio Rancho. He said, when I looked at it, there was no choice. We opened in Rio Rancho and mm -hmm. we're looking to open another three or four stores. Yeah. And then when you only have a few businesses, these big box, the, the big box stores, government can control them a much easier. And that, I think, was the intention. Oh, you consolidate oh, everything into exactly. like one little space where you only have to focus on one thing. Right? How easy is it's that simple. now? Instead yeah. of a bunch of yeah. little mom and pop stores, right. you know? That's too much work. Exactly. So yeah. that, that is part of the intention, making a monopoly of a few businesses so the government can come and can control it. And then if you can control them, then they can control, right? Because right now, if you have a few big box stores, you can get five people to make their uh, customers get vaccinated in order to get goods. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the you nice, know? That, that's why Teddy Roosevelt is one of my heroes, because he went after those big monopolies, and he was the, he was known as the trust buster. Oh, we need to do that again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I think yep. so. So, hey, I want to summarize this thing on the Venezuela thing we were doing. Yes. So basically what Venezuela did to completely just destroy the country is they elected a socialist president. Mm -hmm. We've got a socialist president but now. We, but this is a problem. We have to understand what socialism is and be able to identify it. Yes, we do. Um, uh, without their rhetoric and their wording. That's what I, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yes. Healthcare, private yep. healthcare eliminated. Yep. Education was all free. Yep. They banned private ownership of guns. Mm -hmm. The opposition leaders were imprisoned. Food shortages became widespread. Yep. All of these things we are seeing today. today. Engineered food shortages. Yep. Opposition leaders being harassed, arrested, shackled, put in jail. People being kept in jail for over a year without mm -hmm. a trial, without being charged. We see violations of the Constitution. Same thing in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. The Constitution was suspended. Elections were suspended. In this country, we've seen the, the Constitution completely trampled. Mm -hmm. Constitutional rights, and I'm not even gonna, actually, I'm not gonna, I don't like that word constitutional rights, because rights are not given by the government. Rights guaranteed by the Constitution mm -hmm. is the proper way to think about that. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about that before when I was talking about the Constitution. Elections suspended, well, we have fraudulent elections. We have voting machines that we know are fraudulent. We have mules out there stuffing ballot boxes. We have multiple ballots being sent to people. We have ballots being sent to non-residential yep. addresses. And we, and we have people harvesting ballots, harvesting these ballots that are sent out mm -hmm. and sending them in. And then how it all ended? Venezuelans got massacred. And I'm telling you, the one thing that's preventing 
us from being yes. massacred is our Second Amendment rights. Yep. Our Second Amendment guaranteed by the Constitution. So whatever you do, you have to say no. Don't give up your guns. We'll be right back in the next hour. And we're going to be talking about the baby form of We'll be back. You're 56, Sherry. 